One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods Extra. This extra is all about... More pub story. Yeah, more haunted pubs. I've got three stories to tell today. Are you ready for the first story? Yes, I am. When I was around 13, I lived above a pub with my dad and my brother. My dad worked at the pub and was best friends with the owners which is why we were able to live there. This pub is quite old and has had several people die in and around it, so it makes sense that there would be some paranormal activity surrounding it. For example, there was a seat at the end of the bar dedicated to a long-time customer who had passed away. My dad told me that the coffee machine sitting in front of the stool would turn itself on and off all the time without any explanation. The entire time I lived there, there was an end of the hallway that I hated going to. You went up a staircase, and then you turned left to get to our bedrooms, kitchen and lounge room. If you turned right, you would find the bathroom and two empty rooms. Those two rooms felt very dark. When I would go to the toilet, I would run to the bathroom without looking into the rooms and do my thing as quickly as possible. I experienced an overwhelming feeling of dread whenever I had to go to that end of the hall. So one night, our town was on flood warning, and my mum and her boyfriend had come to my dad's with my dog so they could be up a bit higher. They'd brought belongings with them, 
and when my dad, mum and her boyfriend went to collect these from the car, my younger brother went with them, leaving me alone upstairs with the dog. The dog was wet from the rain, so I had to sit in the bathroom with her. I turned all the lights on and tried not to worry about being at the negative end of the house. My dog was crying and barking constantly because of the storm and I couldn't keep her still. She started scratching at the door, so I decided to let her out into the hall. But when I tried to open the door, it wouldn't budge. It was as if it was locked, except we didn't have a key for it and no one locked me in. I stood there for five minutes, yelling for someone to let me out. All the while, my dog is still going crazy. I was looking through the keyhole, hoping someone would walk past when I saw a dark figure cross from our kitchen and then down the stairs. At first I thought it was my dad and I was angry at him for ignoring me. Then the door finally opened and I went to yell at him for ignoring me, but he informed me that he had been downstairs for the last half an hour. Would that bother you getting locked in the bathroom? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it really would me. I mean, I've nearly been locked in our bathroom. I've also been locked in the bathroom in the toilet at work, which was really bad. So Roger finished work and was trying to find me. One of my colleagues said, oh, maybe she just got the bus home. And I was locked in our work toilet, <laughs> which is a really old building. <laughs> now, the re- I'm not sure when they were built, where actually the building I work, but the rest of the place was built in 1743. Yeah. So you can imagine there are going to be some spooks hanging about in that place. So I got locked in the bathroom. The lock failed, basically. Nobody knew I was in there. I was the only one on duty in the office. Um, I started getting this rising panic, right? Yeah. Like, if there's a fire, how am I going to get out there? Didn't take my radio in or anything. So I stuck. I stood up on the toilet, on the cistern, yeah. and there's a small window. Yeah. So I stuck my head out just to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this kind of like courtyard. Now imagine I'm pretty high up, but I just seeing that, that I could see other people moving in their in their you know homes or whatever made me feel better. Yeah. So and then I was like stood up because I didn't have my phone or anything to ring anybody. Just going breathe breathing trying to take massive deep breaths and then my colleague came up and I was going help help he's like where are you sir I've locked myself in the toilet <laughs> panic if that Pure happened panic. to me I'd probably try like five minutes of opening the door if it didn't work I'd probably just sit there and wait for a minute if nobody come, I'd start booting it down. Oh, I tried everything. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> everything. I couldn't boot it down because the door opens inwards. <laughs> I was trying everything to get that door open. <laughs> right, are you ready for the second scary story? Yes, I am. I work at a pub in Yorkshire, England. It's in a very small village, one crossroad and it gets extremely quiet. The pub was built in the 1620s, so it's pretty old and happens to have a floor made out of limestone stolen from some abbey ruins down the street. 
I'd be surprised if this place wasn't haunted. Anyway, back to the pub. As a barmaid, it's my job to shut everything off at night and close the place up. This includes putting the cellar to bed. Pub cellars are usually located underneath the bar, but for some reason, ours is in a different building on the other side of the beer garden. One night, about four months ago, I was shutting up the pub when something felt strange. I turned off all the lights. It was pretty dark, but still light enough to easily see where I was going. And I thought I saw something out the corner of my eye. I looked over and it was gone. I was really scared. It really creeped me out. And I felt like even though the thing only existed in my peripheral vision, it was still there and very real and it wasn't leaving. So I decided it would be best to hurry up. I go outside and I'm unlocking the cellar when I feel like I've seen something again. I drop the keys really unusual for me, before finally getting inside the cellar. The cellar is dark. I have to feel along the wall to find the light switch, which is located behind a shelving unit. As I'm reaching, I feel like something has brushed up against my arm. I flipped out even more and felt a really strong urge to run out of there, but instead found the light, flicked it on, turned everything off in the cellar and left, promptly. I then lock up and run to my car. When I get in my car and turn the headlights on, I can definitely, without a doubt in my mind, see a figure standing outside the cellar. Just a shadowy silhouette, but it's not that dark outside. Not dark enough for my eyes to play tricks on me like that. This all happened a while ago, So yesterday, I finally asked my boss why the cellar was located in another building and he responds by explaining how the cellar under the bar was too small and difficult so they moved it in the 1920s to where the mortuary used to be. That's right, the mortuary. The building that currently houses the cellar used to be a mortuary. I don't know a lot about real paranormal experiences and ghosts and whatnot, but I do know what I saw. And now that I know what the building used to be, it has just reaffirmed in my mind what I already know to be true. So what's the next step? I'll have to continue going to the cellar every night alone in the dark. Should I try to communicate with the being I saw? Should I be scared? Where do I go from here? That is so creepy. Imagine finding out you're working in a mortuary. I mean, obviously not the pub part of it, but having to go down there every night. Yeah. No way. I probably would, as long as somebody was with me, but not on my own, that's for sure. I'd be so scared to do that. It's a bit like, I don't know if you've seen that film, A Haunting in Connecticut. Nah. And um, the poor, it's, it's based on a true story, and the poor guy's got cancer, so they move closer to the hospital so they don't have to make all these trips all the time with him and his mum. Um, and she finds this really cheap house, which they're like, okay, why is it so cheap? And they find out that where he sets up his bedroom is a mortuary. 
It used yeah. to be a mortuary. And it, like, does does stuff to him, you know? Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, I'd love to live, like, a, like near a graveyard. Why? I don't know. But I just would. Like, a little <laughs> house by a graveyard. I'd be like, ooh, scary. Because nah. <laughs> if you, like, interfere with it, then you can't do nothing about it. It'll be there forever. I'm not going to interfere with it. I'm just going to look. Yeah, well, you might do by accident. <laughs> I like. suppose so. Yeah, I'd probably like it for five minutes and then go, oh, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> right, are you ready for the third and final story? Yes, I am. When my fiancé, now husband, and I moved to our first flat together in Durham, England, about two years ago, I had my first strange experience with the paranormal. About me, I'm American. I'm not religious and have visited various haunted locations in America without ever encountering anything supernatural or having any reason to believe in the paranormal prior to this incident. My husband is also not religious and still doesn't believe, although he can't deny the facts in the story. He was also at work during a lot of the incidents. First, A few details about the location of the apartment. The flat was located above a 200-year-old pub, not the oldest place by British standards, but sure as hell older than most American establishments. And it wasn't a nice pub, either. It was a dirty, smoky bar where the roughest people in town hung out. We saw stabbings in front of the place several times, One time, a guy even wiped his bloody limb on our front door. The acquiring of the place was a little bit odd. The place appeared on the market out nowhere. The landlord also owned the pub. It was oddly cheap. One bedroom, one bath and a giant kitchen and living room for only £500 a month. It didn't require any fees, credit checks or security deposits upon moving in. The whole process of getting the place just struck me as really strange. He just seemed very eager to rent out the flat. The first day we went to see it, I had some weird first impressions. The layout was the kind when you have a front door downstairs, which immediately leads into a staircase that takes you up to the flat. When we got there, it did look like the pictures... But oh my god, the smell. It smelled like cigarettes and years of sadness. I don't know how it smelled like sadness, or how to explain it better, but it just did. And the stairs, I had the weirdest feeling going up those stairs. I couldn't explain it, but it was like a deep feeling of existential depression in the pit of my stomach. I didn't think much of it, so I told my husband we're not moving in until we get the place professionally cleaned. But we should take the place as we needed the money to save for our wedding and immigration paperwork. When the place had been cleaned, move-in day came. We got settled in as much as we could. My husband went to work the first day and I was home alone as usual doing schoolwork online, finishing my degree. I couldn't work at the time because I didn't have a visa yet. 
the place was partly furnished. There was a wardrobe, a dresser and some kitchen supplies. The first day I was home alone, I opened the dresser. Inside were some little decorations that said home, a mug with the sun on it, a dog bed and a My Dog Skip DVD. What weird things to leave behind, I thought. Something suddenly compelled me to keep the things, as I thought they were too cute to donate. Other than the dog bed, because we didn't have a dog. I decided to stop decorating the place. I bought a shelf for the bathroom, and as I bought it in, I noticed some odd-looking smudges on the floor and wall. Upon closer inspection, there were really dark brown blood-like stains, mostly around the sink. I cleaned them up the best I could with bleach, not thinking much other than the cleaning lady didn't do a great job. The next day, the spots were in more places, as if I just hadn't noticed them. This went on in new places for about a week. The same thing happened with a splotch of black mould at the top of the staircase. It just kept coming back and growing in the exact same spot the entire time we lived there. I always avoided the bathroom and the staircase like the plague, other than to shower and clean them. I always felt so depressed there, no matter how I decorated the areas. The kitchen and living room felt fine. The bedroom always felt like my husband and I were being watched, but not by something bad. So all of this was going on, and I had no idea why I felt this way for months. I thought I was going crazy due to not working and being home too much. I was getting random bouts of mood swings, depression, which isn't like me. I was pretty much at my wit's end when one night... My husband and I went out drinking until 1am on New Year's Eve. We came home to a strange dude staring straight up at our kitchen window, bottle in his hand crying. The back patio of the pub was near our front gate, so we figured he stumbled over drunk from there. He was blocking our gate, so we asked him what he was doing there. He said that his girlfriend had committed suicide in the apartment just days before we had moved in. I told the guy to take the time he needed. My husband was surprised. I wasn't. I was relieved. I just knew then that everything I'd been experiencing was a result of this energy that had been left behind in our place. A mixed petri dish of emotions left behind in my house. I honestly think that part of her is still there. I'm not sure how much, but part of that lady is still there. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I know many of that type of pub that she describes there. Spit and sawdust kind of rough pub. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a bit like, I don't know what the, the old crow is like now on Crow Lane in Henbury. Oh, that's fine. Is it? Because that always used to be a bit rough. Well, you know, it's rough in it, but like nothing happens there really. Somehow, yeah, probably after well, Southmead is it? Yeah, a few rough pubs. <laughs> <laughs> One thing's for sure: if they're not asking for anything up front, like a deposit or anything, you know something bad has happened in that place. Yeah, you know. If they're not asking for credit checks or deposits, you know they're trying to get somebody in there quickly. To get some money because something bad has happened. Yeah, all these pub stories remind me. I can't remember if it was you or Nan mm. that told me her, I think it was her mate or something, I used to live in the pub. Mm. And the person, this lady worked in the pub or something. I can't remember it that well. But there was like a dog there as well. Mm-hmm. And the dog died, apparently, I think. Right. He kept saying, like, the ghost of the dog in the pub and on right. the, out the garden. Mm. I can't remember if it was you or Nan. That it must have been that. Nan, yeah. No, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Okay. I used to live above something when I, my first flat. Um, it wasn't the best space. I lived above a butcher shop. Yeah. Mm. Where to? On Gloucester Road. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes when they were making sausages... I think I'll leave it there because you can imagine the smell. Yeah, nah. I mean, it could be alright living above a shop, but it'd only be okay if you're allowed to go down there at night, get some snacks and the drinks <laughs> and that. It was, yeah. I mean, they kept the but the the actual bit too, but you had to do like go through. It was um like a corridor, and then we found out they'd been robbing our electric. So like our um electrics we used to have a key at the time it had run out if, if, if we were away and because they were tapping into our electricity I know so one of the guys who worked there knew and he thought it was tight so he once a week when he was working on his own he lets in to get a load of meat <laughs> yeah I, like for free or really cheap <laughs> that reminds me of uh, reminds me of Kate or old me Caden's house because mm. he lived above the post office mm. we, when we used to be able to go down and just get a drink right yeah were you allowed I don't know but we did in it we, maybe, maybe we, we shouldn't put this bit in the podcast no because <laughs> like he was like yeah you want any drink down the stairs and I'm like yeah go on then <laughs> and you get a drink innit <laughs> I think his mother probably paid for it or something innit but we still went down like all you have to do is go downstairs and you got a shop in it. Mm. <laughs> right. Well, that's the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed. We'll catch up with you again on Monday. We surely will indeed. We'll actually be away at that point, so I might have some scary paranormal stuff to share on social media because I plan on taking my cat balls. Yeah. Right, take care, everyone. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.